Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an All act. Right. All right. spoken and they want us to keep doing this they have they have we've uh, gotten quite we've heard we've heard the voice and we shall take uh, heed we both kind of jumped in on some social media and you uh, we haven't even talked about it because you've been traveling no i know yeah no but I, I read the one the newest one that you sent me the other day it's it's that was a blo- text i got that kind of blows my mind when people say that like what when they say what just said it helped it's blessed their lives i feel like uh we're just messing around sometimes and then I mean obviously we get into serious stuff but the people usually that we interview are most of the time people we know so we've already heard it maybe and right. we're so it's for the first time people we're taking it for granted yes because we get to hear these amazing stories no that's so like often. my story of my life is taking amazing blessings for granted but uh, we so have I feel like we've been I've been chastised a little bit good we gotta do a little different we've got uh, instead of our, our ask the addict we've invited them to be here who's them them what who is these guys i'm staring at them let's take a picture of them are we supposed to use our first names only if you want to you can do whatever you want man <laughs> i'm xander and i'm an addict oh xander. everyone knows you hey i'm greg and i'm an addict what's All right. up guys xander and greg uh they run another meeting uh an arp meeting a new one and so we're going to get into kind of the specifics and ask them a bunch of questions uh, at the end but we're going to talk some news I think the breaking, breaking news today, which is dear, dun, 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 dear to Xander's heart, because yeah. where's your silver, silver uh, bullet? It's, got, it's in the trash. My daughter sent me a, a Snapchat of her filling up her cup of Diet, of, of Diet Coke in the Cannon Center today. Not caffeine-free? No. Legit, what? fully loaded Diet Coke, and it is official that BYU Provo is now allowing caffeinated drinks. What? That blows my mind. Why does so Red Bull machines and stuff? I'm just wondering, is, is, is how far, Idaho going to go? How far is it going to go? How far is it going to go? Like, is Idaho, you, you can wear sandals now? Because like, I think they can't wear sandals or skinny jeans. They, this is super serious. They can't. My, I had a daughter who went to BYU-Idaho. Well, this is where... I'm just joking. That's crazy, though. But I remember the first time I went there, I had just joined the church. And we, I wasn't at school, but I was with a buddy. And we went to, he went to the cafeteria, and I was like, where's Dr. Pepper? And I'm like, everything just, it was the, you know, the, the Coke. The gold. It's gold. Yeah, it's gold. I'm like, what's this, bro? I'm like, I, I can't never drink seen this. this one. I never, well, I remember seeing it as a kid and I remember saying it was gross. I didn't want it. Like, I, I've been sipping soda since I was in diapers. And, anyways. The guy who you don't want to be today is that guy who has the legit business that I thought of this in, in my 10 year stint in BYU schools, but I never did it. Was he started a business oh, delivering. delivering? Caffeine, you could, it was an app or whatever, you could call him and he would hand deliver you Coke a cold caffeinated beverage on campus. On campus. Yeah, so guy, overnight, his business is toast. What do they call it? Disruptive technology? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty disruptive. When the brethren comes through with disruptive technology. Oh, yeah. wow. But, but I, I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but I've never believed that the church had an, the word of wisdom was against sodas. Never. Um, yeah, but I've had people tell me that. Of course, but, but that's culture. Because exactly. people lead into like, oh, well, BYU doesn't have it, so therefore, right. it must be. But that doesn't, uh, to me, it was probably some person. I never looked at like the brethren either. Some person at BYU interpreted it and said, we're not going to have it. Absolutely. And that it was, was a silly tradition down. It was a school policy, though, not a church policy. I'll give you a, right? I'll give, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I. Because non-members take that and they run with it. And even members of the church. Even members, yeah. 
I had so I'll give an example is I was in a weightlifting class. Ooh, there so you shocking. Go. <laughs> I thought the I, only time you've been in the gym was with me at Lifetime. No, I took a weightlifting class at BYU. Nice. And and it was early morning, and so we'd wake up and go straight to the gym. And me and this other dude wore hats. We put on backwards like this and Ooh. go work out in the gym. Busted. And we did it for like half the semester, and then. The, it was like a young, like a TA or whatever was running the class, and she's like, oh, hey, uh, you got to stop wearing your hat. And we're like, why? Like, it's like 7.30 in the morning in the gym. She's like, yeah, the, the head person said you can't. And if you do, then we're going to have to dock points from the PE class. And I was like, uh, I don't see that in the syllabus anywhere. Like, we're totally finding your, your we're wearing the uniform as said, and doesn't say anything about a hat. Well, you know, she didn't know what to say. She's like, so she's like, we can go talk to the head of the person. So we're like, cool. Where's her address? Where's her office? Does this sound like something I would do? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I'll be right there with you. Uh, All right. So we go in and, and we're like, hey, we understand. Uh, you. And she's like, yeah. We're like, well, where is that? It's not against BOE policy. It's not against it. Like, where is this at? She's like, well, by bottom line, we got her to admit that she, and we restated it, good missionary. We re restated it. She said, so you think that wearing a hat indoors is disrespectful? She said, yeah. And I said, so that's your opinion. So you want that to be across all of the pieces? She's like, yeah. We're like, that's your, you're going with that? She's like, yeah. She's like, I'm like, now well. let me tear you apart. <laughs> no, you can't really do anything. We're like, yeah, okay, well, she's like, and I'm the boss and I can do it. I'm like, okay, then that's. I just want to hear I, I just want you that, to, yeah. I just want to hear you say it because it's not against any, not in the syllabus. Not against Because at first policy. she's trying to judge you as if it's oh, an actual policy. Totally coming down. So, so did you take your hats off? Yeah, we had to. Hmm. That's the difference between you and I, bro. Yeah. I didn't want to get a bad grade in a PE class. Are you kidding me? I would have quit the class. I did that, actually. Over a silly thing. But, I, yeah. but no, I'm not saying it was someone's ego with the caffeinated, but clearly it was someone's like interpretation and said, we should do this. And It's blown up all over Facebook now. Yeah. But it's going to get blown out does, of the... Does the meme include President Uchtdorf's admission in his general conference talk? Wow. I wonder if that was like part of like that was the, the well, yeah, the yeah. That was step one was what do you say? Well, he, he talked about go ahead. No, go ahead. He talked about he's like working on computers with his favorite ca unnamed caffeinated beverage. Did he mention like silver can? Yeah, maybe something like that. That's what he said. Yeah, and everyone started in conference. I, th every, I yeah. think he said an unnamed diet soda or diet soda that'll remain nameless. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Wow. Check out. Uh, Check out this, you know, Coke cans and bottles have like names on them. Yeah. Check out that one. We'll post this one up on our Instagram account. Can you read that? No, what does it say? Mar does it say Marona? Mohamre Mori Ackerman. That's funny. No way. <laughs> that's hysterical. That's awesome. On the Coke. Share awesome. Coke with Mohamre Brother Jared. He's here with us tonight. Yeah, different brother Jared. Yeah. <laughs> so, any, so any comments on the, the big news of that? Uh, well... I think it's great. Yeah, I do too. Since I like Coke, yeah. So, but but clearly, you could break the words by by gallons of Coke, right? I like, don't know. Can you? That's uh, a good question. I think you. I get told I broke the word of wisdom I, all the time with tea. I think if you, I think if you're, well, the word of wisdom actually says tea. Coffee, tea, tobacco, drugs. Yeah. Where does it say that, Doctor and Covenant eighty nine? We're gonna switch this podcast up, uh -oh. dude. You asked me. I didn't ask to be asked. You're not gonna find it. It's hot drinks. It does, well, then it was clarified later by the brethren. Who? I'll show mind. you the conference talk. Okay. Okay. 
Should I give but, my flip chart, my missionary flip chart? Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you're if you're if you're assuming yeah. massive amounts yes. of beef, are you not uh, disobeying the word of wisdom? You are. If you're, I mean, that's in there. If in you're, the, yeah. If you're not eating meat sparingly, right? If you're not eating fruits and vegetables in the proper season, so we're all we're all kind of screwed on but that. That, one. that but, won't keep you out of the temple, right? But beef. proper season. But guess what? The that's s- what I'm saying. See, is it? This, no, I don't, we shouldn't even but get I into think, this. Yeah. Because yeah. like I, well, I could be here all night on this. Because this is where I'm kind of confused lately. Because if you think about it, all the fruits and vegetables that we eat are out of season now because yeah, they're yeah, frozen, yeah, grown in other. True, but we also they're now in season no matter where we are because of travel. For GMO. GMO. So quick, quick thirty second plug. When I I try to quit, I'm a diet coke addict. Yeah. This is a known thing. And how many uh, do you drink a day? Right now, mm-hmm. I've been drinking a lot of Lacroix, so I'm down to probably like two to three diet cokes. At a the day. worst, at the highest of your addiction, how much? Over a twelve pack. You, and a, you and a used to wake up in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, right? Yeah. Like you would crack one, like wake up. No questions asked. Probably he, he wouldn't even come up when he's texting us to come over to the house. He'd be like, "Do you have it? If not, like I gotta go pick it up." <laughs> this is no joke. And we're gonna hang out for like but, an hour. No, but it's crazy. That's not as crazy as <laughs> waking up in the middle. Waking of the night. up, drinking it, and then going back to sleep. It's like doing the same thing with like Opanas. Yeah. Withdrawing. Anyway, so I I tried to quit. I was like twenty two days off the juice. Like no diet coke. No diet coke. Recently. No, this was oh. uh, this was uh, I had a, like a year. It's 2013, okay. and I went and I talked to my bishop, and I was like, "Listen, like, because I'm off the diet coke, I'm like crave. I'm back to like really craving. Like, it's it's manifesting into like I'm craving drugs. I think." And he's like, "Let's get." He's like, "Get my beamer. We go. We go." I'm like, "Where are we going?" We literally go through a Chick Fil A drive-through. He orders two large diet cokes. He gives me one. He says, "This won't keep you out of the temple." And like that was my end of like my 21 day absence of Diet Coke, and I've never tried since. And I'm not saying that it's not a problem; it is. But like, if, out of all the problems I've had in my life, it's like the least, uh, least damaging. The least damaging in the in the short term, at least. Maybe long term, we'll have to see what happens. I know Jay's got a smile. On I'm his like face. freaking out right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this might be the quietest podcast Jay is ever going to be on. Let's not talk about the levels of aspartame that's in there, <laughs> and what it does to our brains. But yeah, for sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> I love that story. I remember you telling me that. Uh, I think it's amazing because we're both sober today. High yeah, five. Ching. Uh, did you uh, re- hear no, about this? No, I saw this. this. What is this guy? Man. It's creepy. What's so going on? He looks creepy. In Provo, another Provo story. Okay. The Smiths. Did you guys go to BYU Provo? You like know where the Smiths are? You know where Smiths? Like, yeah. 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 Stores. Stores. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Smith's Chinese food, me and my wife, because we were cheap and it was like five bucks and we could both yeah. eat. Yeah. And rent a video, videotape. Oh, sounds like before Redbox. So, like, what are they? Video what tape and chill. You don't know what that is, do you, Jay? Video box and chill. Jay and Xander, he doesn't even know what a video. Yeah, we had a video. Okay. My grandma used to dude. set up pirating. I told oh, you that's that. right. Yeah, yeah. Blockbuster. My grandma. Okay, so this pirate. dude, he was arrested Monday after he reportedly damaged Ruman Smiths. It has his name. Don't tell him. Kevin Morris, if you're listening, 49. Bless your heart. He was arrested Monday, third degree felony, burglary, criminal. Right. He was. He broke into a a room in Smiths. And they went in and they found like the ceiling tiles, they say, broken up. And then $4,000 in damage was done. And then he left. How they found him was he left his Book of Mormon in that room and it had his <laughs> name on it. I love what it. What are the odds? Oh, no, no, but only I love in Provo. It. Only in Provo. Only in Provo. For what, sure. What does that tell you about this guy? It tells he's, me something. He tells, it, t- it tells me he's imperfect just like me. <laughs> and, like, I love, like, I literally, like, I maybe I have a different opinion, but like, 
The guy's reading his freaking Book of Mormon. Yeah. I was saying, there's plenty the last guys, thing I do when I'm doing a crime is like... Have... Yeah, well, there's plenty of guys who are going to church every Sunday who look perfect in a white shirt and tie. They're not freaking stealing. And they, and they haven't read, read their, their Book, Book of Mormon, Mormon let alone years. carrying it around with and this you. Guy, this guy, he obviously has problems. He's obviously has things he needs to work on, but he's freaking trying. And that's my take on it. And it, maybe a lot of people don't, don't look at it that way, but I, I love the guys reading the scriptures regardless. Because the fact, before the or after fact it, it, uh, they didn't say when he was reading, he no. just left it there. So it's like, during. he says he's a homeless man, right? But so the fact that he's, mental the, he's probably got, yeah, who knows? But he, the, the part of his, still carrying his the quad. stuff carrying it around yeah. is like, this means something to him. Yeah. Totally. And, and we, you guys, like, we know plenty of people that are like just barely hanging on and they're like, they got to get these things fixed. Yeah. And, you know, they're not thrown in the towel. Definitely needs to get into a meeting. So that's why I said, hey, bro. Obviously a mental. Morris, Kevin Morris. Get yourself into a meeting. Kevin, first name over back. Kevin, sorry, but his name's in the thing. Okay. When you introduce yourself, introduce, introduce yourself as Kevin, not Kevin from the Smiths experience. What we're saying is we got a home for you, bro. Yeah, man. You're, you're welcome, welcome here anytime. You're welcome. Now, yeah. people in Pro probably don't feel this way. There's some dude listening to this. He's like, that was my Smiths. The Smiths manager. Yeah, the manager. He's like, <laughs> I had to clean up all the tiles. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, I, I think. <laughs> now, I was going to say, what, if, it was a, if it was a new translation, would it be? It's engraved in there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Last, last, last big, last big breaking news is the church uh, purchased the original manuscripts of the Book of Mormon. I saw that on the airplane. From the in, from the uh, it was the Rio Grande Church of Jesus Christ. It's, it's now called the Community of Christ. Community one, yeah. Community of Christ. Thirty-five million dollars. Thirty-five million dollars for the original. Biggest manuscript. biggest purchase um, in history of an artifact, wow. money wise. Second was Bill Gates purchased the some Da Vinci thing manuscript um, for like thirty million. So this is above it. Um, the haters of the church are like, well, they're taking mon church money, my tithing money. The both churches said this was from a donor that donated yeah. money to the church, who then purchased this. Wow. Um, and and it's going to be on display up in Salt Lake. Some, you know, Greg, you're on your head, like church you know, history museum. you read a lot about this. No, but I okay. the museum. So it's going to be up there, and they're going to be publishing uh, like cop like the images of the hand. So this is the handwritten yeah. as they were translating it, handwritten it. And then they took that to the printer to get printed. So pretty cool. Great purchase. Um, Seventy something percent of the of it. Twenty percent was destroyed in the house, like it was stashed in some Nauvoo house. So they weren't oh. able to recover that. Ten percent um, was tithing. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so I'm thinking the the community of Christ <laughs> just got a thirty five million dollar windfall. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like that. Like that just saved them for. Oh wow. my gosh. Did like, they pay tithing get, on the thirty-five million? <laughs> I, I don't know. Have you guys but, been to Independence, Missouri? I have. I have. I knocked doors there. That yeah, spiral so with temple. Yeah, That's I, a crazy. Every town. home I went into, it was a trip because you'd see the Book of Mormon, you'd see Joe Smith, and I'm like, "So you're LDS?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, like, yeah. like we're not LDS." Like they would say whatever they were at that time it was FRLDS or RLDS. Yeah, FRLDS. the polygamy. F is the yeah fundamentalist Warren guy, right? Crazy guy. No, and. They start sharing their testimony of the Book of Mormon, but then it's right after Joseph Smith died. That's where they break off, right? So well, the lineage I, part. And I'm very close with another denomination that's – there's three three main break-offs from when Joseph Smith died. So, yeah, yeah. So there's, Martin Harris, right? They went with Martin uh, all, Harris? Uh, Mar Martin Harris, yes. Yes. So the one with Joseph Smith Jr., mm -hmm. 
are uh, the community Christ yep. or, or whatever, and then one Martin Harris, and then Brigham Young. So to me, it's always like we're very the council follow the brethren mm-hmm. because the council the twelve will not lead you astray. With those were individual egos saying it should yeah. be me, it should be us, yeah. and not a consensus of a council. Because when you have a council, you may have individual egos come in there, but together, sure. I think you're safe. Sure. Um, I have a question for, you grew up in the church, Xander, right? Greg, yeah. you yeah. too? You didn't. So I grew up with this, with, uh, and I don't know, it was taught to me, and I don't know where or what, but that, you know, brethren will fall away from the church. Like, even the elect will be deceived. Stick with the with the brethren, like where the quorum goes. So even if, like, four apostatized. Yeah. Stick with the majority. Did you hear that? Brethren. Have you heard that? Did you guys hear that growing up at all? Like, that just burned in my well, brain, of, I, and I don't know where... I didn't hear like that specifically, but I think it's scripture that like there's going to be a elect that we just had a quorum of seventy yeah. that got excommunicated, right, 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 not for apostasy, but for something. For something. It says that in yeah. my patriarchal blessing. What does it say? Uh, to follow the brethren, and all you do, like follow the. It'll be extremely important to you and your testimony uh, to follow the counsel I, of the brethren. I always remember growing up hearing that you follow the prophet, and even if the prophet were to lead you, you know, lead you astray, you'd be blessed by following him at least. So I, I, I grew up not hearing that it was the brethren, but the but the prophet himself that you should follow. Yeah, cool. Well, and I've, this, yeah. Yeah. this is hearsay. Like this is not doctrine, right? Yeah, for Where's sure. Of course. I was curious of what Express you guys thought. Opinions here, because because I've always been thinking like, okay, there's going to be some falling away. Like well, the, the first, last days. the first, uh, the, the the first, the eight witnesses of the Book of Mormon, right? Like yeah. I mean, six of them, like the majority of them f- fell away eventually. Three or four came back. Right. But the point is, is like. The, the, the guys who were there in the beginning of this whole right. like, restoration And felt. they still never denied what took place? Never, they just... ever denied. Yeah. So it was a trip being in independence because like being in these people's homes and hearing their testimony, but they're not, they're not you, but they are you. Like they're yeah. testifying the same book? Same book. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then, but then they're like, and, but at the time, this is why it was crazy, in 2012 is when their church just started allowing women to have a priesthood. So most of the members were like in turmoil because they're like, I've been what? following what? the fault. Like they were, they knew it was wrong in their heart to them and so it was they were crying most of them when we start talking about it like it would turn into a very emotional thing for them and you're watching this turmoil and you're like you start thinking man what if things like that change in ours and i just i just remember it was it was a trip but that feeling no offense if you live in independence it's an interesting place to be it's an interesting it, it, it was uh, I, I knocked doors so i like it was on the streets there's obviously a lot of crime of course everywhere in the country but um, it in was in Independence, in Independence downtown. It was my area, so where the temple was, yeah. where all the old houses were, yeah. uh, and where the, now the hood is. And almost every house was being broken into every night and stealing oh. copper out. Wow. There was gang, um, obviously some serious gangs uh, there that are there. And um, the feeling just of the people too, like they felt that they were lost. They said, "I don't know what to do." Like our church just did this major change in policy. And we would just like one of the families I prayed to, like I didn't sell them an alarm, but we sat there and said a prayer. It was a trip. Yeah. I was not, I was definitely using it at that time. <laughs> so it was definitely a trip. <laughs> Jay would have been that guy that they found in some crazy I think that I'm pretty sure this whole left his Book of Mormon in someone's house. Maybe he stole I all our pills, all our alcohol, but he left his Book of Mormon here. I may have sold some pills that, that week, but I sold some alarms too. Jay, Jay could have been Kevin I sold the mayor. Spence. I sold the mayor's house, dude, right down the corner. Dude, the statute of limitations is up because you just said where you were and what you did. Yeah. Are we clear? I said maybe. What? The Express here. This was opinions. in 2002, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about. Okay. Some well, skittles. Let's go on to the step eight share, and then let's come back in and talk to you guys about your meeting. Do it live.
portion of the meeting. All right, I'm Jay Manax. <clears throat> it's good to be back. I feel like I've been here forever. It's just been two weeks, but um, yeah, just just grateful to be back in the rooms. It's crazy. You notice, like, I noticed such a difference. It's been uh, four and a half years now of me coming to these meetings consistently, and so whenever there's a week that goes by without it, totally notice the difference. Even if I talk to people in recovery throughout that week when I'm not there or whatever, I totally notice a difference in my life. And um, I think because just naturally by coming to these rooms, whether it's this meeting or another meeting that you may go to, you automatically step outside of yourself and you come into the solution, right? We're all full of the problem, right? Our minds are full of the problem. The, the world's full of the problems. And, but when you come in here, you immediately extract yourself, right? Like whether it's this room or another room that's that got truth like this and you, you step into the solution and it helps you just helps me specifically break a, away from my isolation, it helps me break away from my thoughts, my fears, um, my resentments, my, my challenges of my day, whether it's work, it has nothing to do with recovery, whether it's work, my family, whatever it is. And um, I was thinking on that today that, you know, and, and over this last week when I was gone is we all have so much and a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of my biggest, it says right here at the end, like there's just so much is ruled by fear, you know, like we're just so ruled by fear, you're ready to stop minimizing your own behavior and making excuses for it. My life was nothing but a big excuse. Like I just made excuses because I was constantly making mistakes. I was constantly hurting people. I was constantly hurting myself. So like, let alone like hurting other people, of course, that was just a natural byproduct of my disease because my disease was killing me. And uh, before I came to these rooms, I didn't think it would ever stop. I was addicted to um, many things throughout my life, but when I first came to these meetings four and a half years ago, I was massively addicted to opiates. I was, was going to die, you know, I was consuming close to a thousand pills a month between, you know, opiates, muscle relaxers, Xanax, and whatever else I can get my hands on. Of course, I, pornography addiction goes hand in hand with that, you know, and, and many other addictions, you know, so it's not like it's just one thing. I started drinking and doing drugs when I was 11 years old before I was a member of the church, and my life is gone up and down but when I take when I read things like this and I take a moment to reflect or I, when I meet with someone before the meeting or, or whatever I always realize that like when we're in our disease we're ruled by fear plain and simple we're all it's either resentments or fears that are that are controlling our lives and when we when we're part of the solution when we're living in the solution or we're part of the solution or we're trying to be a part of the solution we're not we're living in faith we're living in hope we have charity right like I cannot be charitable when I'm in that side of my brain which is my disease you know like I can't I can't because I'm selfish I'm thinking of the things I don't have that I should have or I'm thinking about who wronged me and they shouldn't have you know or you know how I was right it's like all these things and it, it can that list can get so big and it talks about how in step eight you're doing another inventory see in step four you do this inventory where you you unload all those things all those fears all those resentments all those wrongdoings and you just get them out and you talk to someone about them it's the most freeing thing ever Anyone tells you to be scared of step four is, I don't know why they say that, because it's the most amazing experience in my life. Like, one of the most amazing experiences in my life to get all those things out and to finally feel for the first time that I was on equal ground with other people. But, you know, just to prove that these steps are perfect, then you get on, you know, you do your steps up to eight, and it says, no, wait, there's still more, right? Because, like, you're just listing out the things that had happened, but now it's like, okay, and those people that you harmed, now you're going to become willing, you know, prepared. You're not going to do it all at once, right? A lot of us have that anticipatory anxiety, right, where we create things in our minds of what it's going to be like, what they're going to say. No, this just says become willing 
right? This is a, a like, you know, it's action step, but it's also a decision step. You're becoming, you're taking action, writing a list, but you're becoming willing to then make amends to these people. And so, um, and when you're ready, when the time presents itself, you know, and, and because this program's set up where you're not walking down the street by yourself, you have a sponsor with you, that per, your sponsor is going to help you decide who's appropriate because it's not always appropriate to, to talk, you know, to make amends in person with some people, especially if you're married and it was a past relationship or things like that. These are the things I'm grateful for because what if I would have just came to these steps by myself back when I was doing them and I didn't have a sponsor, like this would be so much like, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, I have to go back all the way from when I was 11 years old. Like, and you know, and do I have to talk to some of these people who are, if they're females, they're married, I'm married, you know, is that a pro, you know, I had all these questions, but luckily I followed the program the way it's supposed to, the way it's designed. And that's is you have someone else holding your hand the whole way. Like we know in this world, that's not always the case, right? And like how luckily that in, in the solution, in recovery, and the way God has it set up, whether you're in this room or you're in AA or what, I don't care what you're in, it's set up to have a sponsor. How divine is that? If you've done these steps and if you have a sponsor, we, anyone who has one, who's working with one, whether it's easy to do or not, we'll all contest and we'll all raise our hand, guarantee and say that's the best thing that's ever happened to you in your recovery. At least it was for me. And um, If you're not on step eight, though, don't worry about step eight. Are you kidding? Like, don't even think about step eight. It's not where you're at. Wherever you're at, you need to worry about where you're at. You need to live in the present. And it's so hard for me and for all of us to live in the present. It just is. It just is. So just accept that and be done with it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just accept it. It's hard for everyone to live in the present, whether you're an addict or not. But uh, wherever you're at, be there because that's where you need to be. And that's where Heavenly Father is going to give you the most help. I promise you that. So don't overthink this step don't think about step four if you're not on step four if you're on step one it's your first meeting or whatever you're just getting sober you don't have a sponsor you have two things you need to do you need to get a sponsor you need to stay after the meeting and come up and talk to me and we'll get you a sponsor or brad and um or talk to someone in the meeting that you hear you know share and you go hey this person's done the steps i want that you know i want to go reach out to them go talk to them or come up to us and then you need to take this book home and you need to do step one that's all you got to worry about if you're new nothing else and uh, everything else will be shown to you and will be led and, you know, you'll be guided through that process. And once again, I'm extremely grateful to be a part of this program. Just because I got sober doesn't mean that what, what all the work I did would keep me sober. I need to come back. I have to come back. It's, it's not a question. And I, 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 because I come to these meetings every week, I'm luckily reminded of how important that is. And um, sometimes by people, but mainly by the Spirit. The Spirit tells me in these meetings, no matter how chaotic my life is, when I come in here, the Spirit's like, hey, dude, this is life or death for you. Just because you're sober and you've been sober for however long doesn't mean you won't go back like that. And it could be the last time you live. I got kids and I got a family. And I got people that depend on me. And, you know, uh, I never thought in a million years I could live sober. Went four and a half years. And when I walked in this meeting, my wife had left me. My life was in shambles. I was living on my mom's couch. I thought it was over and I was done. That was it. I was done, right? Just like everyone, right? It was eternally unique, but I'm not, you know? And we're all the same. And I, I love you guys and I'm grateful you're here even if you're brand new and I don't know you. I'm glad you're here because this is where the solution is and you should applaud yourself for coming in here because it's not easy to do. And uh, I'm grateful to be here and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We're back. Ask the addict. Ask we got a, I'm on a room full of addicts. Yeah, you are. How do you feel right now? You're like surrounded by sharks. You're surrounded by honesty. How does that make you feel? I love oh. it. <laughs> I, There's so much honesty I in love this it. Room. 
I feel at home with you guys. Yeah, for you some do. Odd reason. Brad, Brad's, uh, Brad's like one of us in a way. You've done a lot for the fight for the cause. I told you that the other day. And shot you a text. And that's kind of when I want to be the theme of this last. Because uh, okay. let me set it up. Okay. Um, we had a brother. You were gone, Jay. You were traveling mm-hmm. to the Holy Land. Actually, to the yes, to the motherland of Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, um, I was there. This is the place. So we had a brother show up to our meeting, and he was from another part of the state of California. Okay. And Oh, to and our local ARP meeting? He went to our local ARP meeting, and you know, when someone new shows up to the meeting, you're... you're he recognizes like a new face. You're like, oh, I don't recognize this guy. Okay, yeah. cool. And and then he didn't. He said his name and then didn't share. So I couldn't really... I didn't know anything. Like, was he visiting from out of town is his first time is he an addict is he a loved one with an addict like I, you don't know and so he kind of meandered up and started asking some questions he's like that was a really really powerful meeting and then slowly it creeped out that he he's a group leader in a meeting in northern california and he was blown away by our meeting and that's where i kind of we talked about earlier we're kind of take for granted what what the seeds were planted here before we got here Totally. Um, the Jordans, I give them a lot totally. of credit. Um, and and so he was just asking some questions about his, you know, how to get his meeting to feel like ours and how to get recovery. Um, and I, I don't think we have any secrets. Um, I don't think we invented anything. We've just re, we've, we've just, just recreated exactly what worked. What, what's worked. What other people have laid the foundation for. And what has been a foundation since uh, for... 1930, see how many years is that? Almost, not 100 years, 80 years of AA. 80 years of AA. 80 years of AA. Um, and so we have Xander and Greg here who just, brand new meeting you started. Yeah, um, two weeks ago. And and for where we are, historically, I think it's the roots go back to San Clemente, mm-hmm. where a family whose son was an addict Yep. probably saw the ARP booklet and like, whoa, hey, what's this? Yeah, I don't know their exact, I, they told me once, but I don't remember how they got called. I think it was for him and one other, there's a couple right, people. Right, but they really did it for their family. For sure. And what grew out of that, and then James, who we've had on here yep. on our 1.12 episode. Was called. Yep. Was called, and he had a long history with AA, so yep. he really brought the AA traditions yeah. to the meeting. Yeah, because yeah, I remember when he became the, the leader I think I don't remember that you chips. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, different. We, we did. Sh- we did. Yeah, prior. Xander was there. I was there prior to James. Yeah, when the Jordans. It was we, the Jordans. Okay. Yeah, but I had the Jordans the last like my first four months. But he had been there years prior to that. But uh, do you think um, your sponsor brought those chips from other twelve cent meetings? I don't, I don't know. know. No, no, no. The, the Jordans had. Sp- okay. Oh, you're saying when James? Because James was an attendee in the yeah, meeting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Okay. No. So, anyways. I have taken away some key things that are that we do. So I, we get asked a lot about like why, uh, without a brag, bragging thing here, but we've seen a lot of success. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of people get recovery, families stay One together. New meeting starting and then and 35 people show up the first night. With new meetings. So from that second meeting, second meeting that's had. That had four 40, to seven. Well, it had at one point four to seven people showing up every week for five to seven years. And then yeah. all of a sudden when. Uh, I think their biggest meeting was like 47 people. Okay, wow. and then and then they have over 300 on their roster of people who've walked through. And then Laguna Niguel, so Laguna Niguel, Mission Viejo, Mission Viejo, Irvine. Irvine, and all when all three of these last meetings, the Mission Viejo, Laguna Niguel, and, and Irvine, from the first meeting on, it's been a 15 plus all the way up to. I mean, when Irvine just started here with Greg and Xander, probably, uh, 
I counted. I sent it. 29. 29. 29 people the very first meeting. Yeah. 29 people walked through. And and five of which had never been to a meeting. More than that. I think, yeah. Five or six didn't. Had flat out said, or more, (coughs) said, I had never been to a This is my first time at a meeting before, but you came and spoke to my ward. So what I... So... um, Here's some key things that, that have been done that I don't think are happening in a lot of other areas. Yes. Um, and number one is you've got to have an addict in recovery as your facilitator. Who's worked the steps. Who's done and the steps. And who's willing to go out and just talk about it right. to everyone. But, but beyond that. Yeah, just right off the bat. Within the meeting, someone who's in recovery, who's done the steps, has a testimony of those steps. Yep. And can and can actually testify and share about their effectiveness of those steps. What? Am I allowed to ask questions? Great, yeah. you can speak what, up whenever you want. What do you think the difference is if the facilitator's done recovery in like AA leading an ARP and he, he hasn't done the 12 steps of ARP? If, if in my opinion, I would say that's awesome. I do the, um, it, I, I, I'm answering off the top of my head. They should at least read through the steps. They've done the steps. The 12 steps are the same. They just have like gospel principles kind of overlaid yeah. on it. Um, I don't know if they necessarily need to redo them with a sponsor. They probably review them with their current sponsor. That's what I would suggest them to do. What do you say? I I personally feel that it um, it So your question is, I I, I went through AA. I've got a few years of sobriety, three years of sobriety. I think what a a blessing to have in the church. That's that's how I feel. What a blessing to have in the ARP program because you're – but my foundation is in AA. Mm-hmm. Before I could even walk into an ARP meeting, like my foundation was in Alcoholics Anonymous, and like so, all the things you know, not not to brag or whatever, but a lot of the sayings that get passed around are things that I brought into the meeting that I didn't sure. create, but that I I learned in AA, shared with Jay. And, and then even in the beginning too, like when we would go, when you were taking me to my first meeting. You, you, you were like kind of like uh, you, you were on the fence. You and a couple other people were like on the fence about ARP. And, Absolutely. And then that's what's crazy is like what you're saying is because you, you here's here's how we all can bless each other. He would share all the stuff from AA. I only went to one AA meeting with him, but all the stuff I end up still like holding on to and quoting to this day is they're AA not ARP meeting comes from come, these these come from a long lineage of people in Alcohols Anonymous yeah. that are not members for the most part. I got them from a member Xander. He got them from some other guy. Yeah. And this guy got them from But James shares them all the time. James too. shares them all the time. Yeah. Mike shares them. And, you know, and, people and, around and are, here we are talking about, you know, why why is this area having so much success, right? And I think a lot of it works. is is we're we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're not trying like there's a lot of success in Alcoholics Anonymous. There's a lot of history and and one of the, the main guys out here, James, who has twenty five years or thirty years, whatever it is now. Yeah founded in in AA a lot of us are pro, you know are learning from Jay's yeah. or, or from James a lot of us you know Greg he's my sponsor he's Greg's sponsor he's he's my sponsor, he's sponsor. his sponsor sponsor yeah. he was my sponsor at one point yeah. you know so like it's just um yeah and so having a facilitator is so and there that's where theirs is unique guys so like if you're listening so great both of you guys are in the program that, yeah. that's where it it, as far as unique, especially in the church, because maybe not in AA. Because one of them is a group leader. Both, of, both of them are addicts yeah. in recovery. Both of them have worked the steps. Where in the culture of the church, what we're seeing of some of these meetings where they're struggling, not necessarily it's a bad thing. It's just it's ran by two missionaries. Like, you know, a yeah, couple. They're called. They're and called, they're doing the best, they're doing they, the best can. they can. Yeah. We're, not, um, we're not trying to diss you at all. For sure. But if you're not, 
seeing great attendance or probably or, should get to a low or recovery, I mean, then we're going to give you some suggestions that you can probably it, do for sure. And if you if like if you're far away from us in this area and you're listening, I I mean I've never. It might be a little intense. You got to prepare them, but like, you, if you're really trying to help, like, say you got a normal, say you only have four people, but four of them are like severe heroin addicts or severe alcoholics or sex addicts, and they really need help, and you don't know how to help them, you should probably do everything it takes. And one of those things you could do is attend a local meeting, an AA meeting, which yeah. is you go online and go, and 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 stay after, talk to the leader, tell them what you're doing. I promise you, they're not gonna yeah, go, yeah. oh, you're Mormon, I'm not gonna talk to you. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? They're all about spreading, like. You know what I mean? And, and just my, or just my, sit and listen. My sponsor was investigating the church. I've shared my story on yeah, the podcast before. But he was investigating the church, had six years sober in AA. And he will tell you absolutely that being a member of AA, it teed him up to be the perfect member. Not the perfect member of the church, but it teed him up to be baptized. Because he was like, he's too, like yeah. this. This absolutely fits the lifestyle that I'm already living. He had to make some tweaks and changes yeah. about living the gospel. But as far as the fundamental things that you learn in, in AA and the spirit, it's, it's still it's ba- it's a spiritual program. Totally. Like the only difference is we have really added. You know, we get very specific because we know who our higher power is. We know that Jesus Christ is our Savior, and so these things are added in the twelve steps. But besides that, it's the same program. It's the wow. it's literally the church took it and the church the ARP program gives credit to yeah, taking it from alcoholics right in the opening yeah. statement right so uh, church culture is sometimes the because we have all the truth that someone doesn't have some truth like we could take a lot from our Christian brothers yeah. and sisters and other churches and we don't have the corner on a lot of these things no. yeah no <laughs> but, and, we, but we and, think we do yeah and the brethren's take on all a lot, a lot of this stuff is obviously look what they did was is uh, there's a lot of truth out there you can so, learn, you know. So if you are sitting there people. and you don't have an addict in recovery, here's some suggestions I would do. Is when you, is, and I've talked about it before, is get out there and speak to the wards. Talk to the bishops. Talk to take presidents. And you say, hey, I, I need someone in our stake who is an addict in recovery. And you could be an N-A, A-A, S-A, O-A. There's someone. G-A, There's someone in your stake. I am pretty dang confident. Because how many people have we found? In, in your how many five, people you in your three to five hundred person's stake that there's someone who's done the 12 steps and then you say we need you in this meeting and it might be uncomfortable for them and, at and first. they can be like, 100 percent anonymous they don't like you mentioned kind of getting out and this the next step of taking it to the next level is having that addict in recovery go, go out and speak it, yeah but man if you don't have it period having someone that's in recovery will sitting help. next to you will bring that meeting because to the next the, level. because a new addict that walks in will, will hear not two missionaries that are doing their best but to have no idea how to right. have, like what it's like he, Xander taught me this the only way they can the only, and, and it says this in the big book it, only another addict or alcoholic talking to another alcoholic an addict is going to work it's it we it's, had someone share that in our meeting tonight yeah. right like yep. working on an anniversary tough time uh, someone that he really respects had a conversation with him and then an addict yeah. or a sponsor talked to him same conversation same conversation but it was able to, to touch a nerve that, and that it's, it's the level of relation. Like, you mm-hmm. just relate. Well, we just trust each other. Yeah, well, yeah. because like, you're like, I get it. You're like, you, you know, if, you, if if I was trying to get advice on something, but I feel like, you know, like, I, I don't know if I could go to, if I was trying to get off opiates, I don't know if I could go to, no, I know, I couldn't go to Brad and say, hey, Brad, like, can you give me, Brad would say, hey, listen, I've spent a lot of time in, in meetings, and I can tell you what I've heard, but I don't have the personal experience of, of I, I, The first opiates. thing I would do, is I would say, here's what I say. Yeah. I need to get a meeting, and I would find some other addict to come talk to you. Yeah. And I'd step out of the conversation. 
Well, and that's why you, that's why you know you have a good understanding of the program and probably why you guys see a lot of success in Laguna Go. How was it for you guys when you got asked? I mean, I know um, Xander, you've already you were involved a lot because you would speak with me. Like we, we, we you've had you on the podcast. Yeah. We we get calls a lot. We're extremely all in when it comes. Yeah. Craig, you're a little bit newer as far as, um, and I think with you know with certain recoveries, it feels a little bit yeah. it's harder to talk about. I wasn't all in. Yeah. Um, you were reluctant. I was really. I, I'm honestly, I'm still reluctant. Like, I love it. I literally can't think about. Like this Sunday, Xander and I are doing two more presentations to two words. I can't think about that right now. It literally will freak me out to the point where I'll just, it'll ruin the rest of my week. And so I still struggle with so that. Like it feels like, even though you've had some incredible experiences doing Even though, that. yeah, it's still like, I still struggle with maintaining what little bit of rep I feel like I have, what little bit of, of pride I have left. It's totally humiliating to me to go before these people that I I, I've grew up in the Irvine Stake, like literally. So So you're from here, born and raised. I'm born and raised, and so to go to some of these wards, it's like I'm looking at my best friend's parents. Anyone forcing you? My relative? No, no one's forcing me to do this. In fact, um, I mean, I guess I can. I, I was specifically told when I was extended this calling that I don't have to do this. And I mean, I wasn't advised one way or the other. The decision was mine whether or not. I didn't have that same. I didn't yeah, Xander didn't have that same <laughs> luxury. No, literally, when we got set apart, mine was like the two words were be be uh, relentless, relentless, and fearless, and fearless, and and Greg's was be you be. Can- be fearless when when uh, when you feel like you need to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like when you feel like you're ready. Yeah. yeah. And now you're on a podcast. And I'm on world. a podcast. Yeah. Ten thousand plus actually, followers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a different name. Though. I had a different. I've legally changed my name to Greg, which <laughs> honestly has always been my name. But I was on. What I think it's it? two point eleven. Two point eleven. What I'm was your name? John. Then? John. Oh, a little breaking I'm breaking anonymity. Yeah. I'm, like I'm, I'm all in right now. now. Yeah. Your skin is shedding now. But so honestly, though, every time we've done this, it's been like a seriously, I don't know, like an emotional experience. I don't want to do it. I'm resenting the, the idea that I have to go before and do this. And even the whole time during the presentation, I know it's coming. I'm dreading it. And like when it comes, it's like, oh, I got to take a deep breath and I do it. But then when I do it, it's awesome. Like it's so... I feel like I'm going another step up in my recovery every time I do it. Every person that knows, it feels like there's this new, you know, support group or this increased accountability for everybody that knows, and it helps me. I think that's what I told you too. You did, and I didn't believe you, dude. I said, I said, when I when I broke my anonymity before I started to meet or before I got asked to be a facilitator, Brad came into my life for anything. When I broke my anonymity, when me and Xander knew this girl that had passed away in our in our San Clemente meeting. I felt like it was a prompting from the Lord saying, like, this you wanna you wanna guarantee sobriety, or at yeah. least uh, like have a little bit notch up. You need to do this. And when I did it, it was for me, it was breaking through that ego because totally. that was my biggest thing. It wasn't necessarily everyone knew I did drugs. If you were around me, I was yeah. I was belligerent all the time. It was, but it was if I said it out loud, I could no longer have an excuse anymore. Right. Like I could never go back to saying, well, I have chronic headaches, or I have this, or I have that. And so by saying it out loud was like. Was just out on the table, and then now I'm like, I have, like you said, this level of accountability, and I felt stronger right away. But it's funny, like I yesterday I went to lunch and I ran into some people in my ward. I haven't After done my, already, I oh, haven't done my wards yet, okay. oh. 
and I didn't say anything, like, because I haven't done my work yet. It's not out there, so I'm not talking about That's it until why, it yeah, happens. I'm not funny. It. No, I think it's okay. The fact is, here's here's the difference, though. Like, uh, the, the difference is, because you've done the steps, you, the steps are part about, uh, like, uh, facing fears and reality in those fears, because we all have those fears. Yeah. I have those fears in different ways. Xander has his in his ways. Brad has his in his, you know, we all have fear. Yeah. But because of the program, you've learned to face, you know, you've realized that fear is maybe built up. It's not real. You know well, I mean? that that and I, I literally have adopted the philosophy of one day at a time. Like, it's Thursday. Yeah. I can't think about you Sunday. can't think about Sunday. Or Saturday, or even Friday. Because it's going to be right here around the corner. Exactly. So I'm enjoying Thursday. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. So what we're talking about now is the, the next step of having... Hey, I use the next step. I like that. The answer it, is always so, the next step. <laughs> so you need to have a facilitator. To really take it next level, a facilitator, facilitator who's an addict in recovery. Then. And, and then the next step after that is... Having that person go and share their story, if they if they're comfortable breaking anonymity, you're gonna go to the next level. Because it's one thing if I'm out there saying, "Hey, I oh no," but you I, started first. You started with an email chain to some of the leaders. Well, Just, that's to get the meeting going. Yeah. But and but if I and I've and I've spoken to some elders quorums and and things like that by myself. And it's like, hey, there's this meeting and it's good, but it's great when you come, Jay, or you come, Xander, and you share. And I say, here's what we do. In our meeting, and kind of, I can talk about what we do. You, you're the, the here's it in action. Here's yeah, Here, um, yeah. Here's what it's I, I don't know how to describe it except it is no, it a hundred times next level for for a lot of people. It's their it's the first time ever yeah. experiencing that level of honesty, yes. especially in a it, church it, on a Sunday. Church, on Sunday, guy so, white shirt and ties telling you, hey dude, I used to steal pills yeah. out of my whatever. People, I, I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times when I, cause I, I get up when Greg <laughs> has me get up and I'm like, my name's Xander and I'm a drug addict. Yep. And I think a lot of people's faces are like, uh-oh. Like, <laughs> like what's going to happen gonna now? Happen? But, but, but by That's the, just cause you're a mustache. I know, right? But by <laughs> the end of like, so by the end of my share, awesome. Greg shared, uh, Greg's wife's been coming and, and it, her share, I mean, it's just like, she's like the designated hitter to this whole program <laughs> because, and by the end of it, there usually isn't a lot of dry eyes left For in the sure room. Not. And it's like we've accomplished a lot of things. We've accomplished. They know about the meeting. They they know that they can come. And there's if there's somebody in that room that is struggling, they know that they're not alone. And also we're fighting. We're on the. I personally really feel like we're fighting the the this the the glooming culture of the church that so many people hate, but feel like they can't. That it's just a. They it's just always going to be all, all the right. Leave. It's like it's like I don't leave. I don't want to you know I don't want to face the culture, so I'm just going to leave, even though like I know the doctrine they, is true. They take you know? the Latter Day Saints literally that we're all saints. Yeah, and not sinners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, the saints is too hard to live up, man. Sometimes, sometimes you got you got to be just you, and and I feel the same way. In fact, we talked about this on the podcast last week, and we were talking about what's our favorite things and. And why we do it, and that's when we ask people. I said the the number one reason why I wanted to do it when you asked, even though I was like, of course, full of fear and thinking, you know, what will this do? Is is that is the culture? I feel like it's huge. Like even when I remember you taking me my first meeting, I, I was like ready to throw the church away. I was ready to throw a lot of things away in my life, and 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 then I fa I found my faith again. And then watching other people come in that were you were hard, Greg's hardcore in the church, right? But he had the secret his whole yeah. life, right? And to, and to watch Literally. him walk in, and then you know we had a couple years silver or whatever at the time, but watch watch you come in from a whole other angle. You weren't where we were. We had this resentment towards God and stuff. You just had the secret. I had like, the resentment against myself because yeah, I couldn't yeah. live what I wanted to live. Yeah, but like you had done it. Like, but still, you have that look. But you know what I mean? Does this make sense? Like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you're not coming from 
You're not coming from an angle. It was just a different angle, and to see it work. I mean, we've seen this. And we've seen it countless times countless after times. after Greg. Where it's oh, like the like, guy you look at on Sunday that you you're just like, man. I wish why we can't judge I just, ourselves. Yeah, why like, can't I just be put together like that guy? Like me and Xander used to do that yeah. to our friends. I and mean, then especially like, Xander grew up in the church. So they you. keep they keep showing up to the meeting, and and in the beginning, my mind would be blown. And now it's not. And now it's if like someone no, calls like, you. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just like I'm. Why would you be cool? What's up? Yeah. Me and Lexi say that, but like now when we get calls of someone that's an addict, and they're like, I need help. I almost start smiling. They're like, why are you smiling? Like, <laughs> my life's falling. I just told you my wife wants to leave me. I'm like, because you're open now. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, how's yeah. that feel? Like, I mean, now you're awesome. going to start the process. But and, and let me put perspective on this too. When it's shared, there's no glorification of what no. past behavior was. Absolutely it's, not. It's no, a no, matter no. of fact of here's, here, it's kind of like, opposite, just like, like the scriptures, hell. just like what Alma the Younger shared. My, like my, my life, life was wretched, racked with. I was hell. racked with guilt. It was hell, but here's where I am now, and here's how I got there. Yep. Yeah. And here's how awesome the Lord is in the atonement. And is. now that I'm here, I'm gonna find a bunch of people and get them there too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Xander shared uh, with me uh, and and Jay an experience of sharing at one of your wards, right? Or maybe two wards. Well, I like got Sunday that you went. Yeah. And you were you were out sharing that this ARP meeting will start. So yeah. When we when you start a meeting. Jay and I talk about to this day. We like before a meeting starts this morning. Were you like or this this evening? Oh yeah, because yeah. we're gonna show. We're gonna show up. <laughs> like this is week fun, two. Yeah. Maybe yeah, people yeah, showed yeah. up week one, but maybe we're not gonna like we still do that. I for sure thought that was. Gonna um happen. and so, still had twenty people tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Um, so t- tell us about the experience of, of, that yeah. you shared with us. Just go. Yeah, yeah. Well, so like kind of prefacing that experience. My, I grew up in Mission Viejo. My family's from Mission Viejo. And, uh, and when we moved to Irvine, like we literally had no reason to move to Irvine. There, there wasn't a, you know, my job. I could have I lived anywhere in South County, but for whatever reason, we moved to Irvine. And, and as soon as we did, I felt like, like I just kept having this prompting that like I, I needed to help get a meeting started. And I, was, I think I asked Jay, like, why is he moving to Irvine? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know. Either. No, like, I remember Jay, we like, Jay's like, "What are you doing? We're like, why, why are you going, going up there? there? Cause I, no one, you, none of us have family or friends. No, here. like literally, I have no ties to. When I came to Irvine Steak, I might as well have I been in Texas at the time. We didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know, didn't I didn't know anywhere. Yeah, because we see you at San Clemente. Yeah. I didn't even know you lived here. Yeah, I literally thought he was and, moving. Like, what are you doing? And and if you're not from Southern California, like if you Google Map it, it's maybe. 15, Eight. 20 minutes? But no, it's like five wow. miles. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it's like a half hour. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. That's a lot of traffic in between your parents' house and, and, yeah. and Mish Viejo. And, <laughs> so when, when it came, like, and, and I, I kept having this prompting, and, and I was like trying to take steps to, to doing that. And I remember the first time I, I had talked to my bishop about it, and it just, like, it, it didn't seem like it was going to go as smoothly as I thought, but I kept having the prompting. Which and weird. yeah, that, that, that this is, this was like the reason I came to Irvine was I, before I left Irvine, like I needed to make sure, you know, that, that this was up and running and do my part. I couldn't do it alone. And so I rounded up troops. I got, I mean, everybody at this table got involved, found, found, you know, gr- knew that Greg had stopped. I needed to find somebody that had some roots in Irvine that could also kind of go lobby this with me. Mm-hmm. And, and Greg was the perfect guy. Yep. And, uh, so then fast forward, you know, we, we get the go ahead and, and everything's kind of lined up and we do this first 
Sunday round of Sundays, and if anybody knows me, they know like I get really nervous public speaking. What happens when you get nervous? I sweat like. So between you and Greg's nervousness, it was all yeah. Like Greg, Greg, of anxiety. Greg, Greg, Greg cries like a crybaby. <laughs> I sweat out of my eyes. <laughs> and I sweat out my whole body. <laughs> not just my, not just I mean every you, you name body. It, yeah. And so we, I'm so nervous to do this, but for whatever reason, that first Sunday, I don't know what happened to both of us, but like we both were kind of like calm, like going yeah, into yeah, this. Was supposed yeah. To and so we get, we, we, we do our presentation. We did it with the, with the youth. It's a different presentation. Greg killed it. And then we get into the, the first third hour presentation. And, and at the end of my, at the end of, you know, we all shared, Greg's wife shared, a girl came up to me and she says, Hey, are you are you also a friend of Bill's? Which is like secret combination for are you in AA? Yeah. So from Bill. Bill Wilson Bill from Wilson from, from Alcoholics. It's it's how you say are you in AA without saying are you in AA. So people can't yeah. Yeah. Because no. if if they're like oh, a friend of Bill's, you're like oh never mind like you can keep your anonymity. Yeah. And uh, I was like yeah yeah I am and uh, she said hey this is my literally um, I I grew up in the church but I've been inactive for a while. This is my first Sunday back to church, and it's just like crazy. This is my first Sunday, and we're like having and, this. And then you and guys show up. Show up. Yeah. This word has never heard a speech like this. Yeah. Never yeah. heard a talk like this. And she like just looked at that as like a sign, as like a sign from God, like she was like supposed to be coming back to church, and um, she's she came to the, the both meetings both so meetings. far, and then literally, I'm not making this up. Like literally, we go to the next meeting an hour later, <laughs> and after my share, this lady interrupts me, and she's like can I say something? And she introduced her name. She says, I'm an alcoholic. And she's like, I just got 5150 in a different state. And now I'm down here uh, visiting. And I was just trying, I just picked a random church to come to for church on Sunday. And like you were having this discussion about like the ARP program. And like, I literally just felt like I'd been hit in the teeth with a baseball bat of the spirit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like to see, you know, I, going into this, once we got called to do it, I had been like a lot of like insecurities came up and I felt like maybe like maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm not the guy for the job and like I'm imperfect. And like like my testimony just really grew of two things. Like one is God's timing. Like the timing was perfect for us to start this meeting. Like a lot of things were teed up. And two is that we're literally all imperfect. All God has to work with is imperfect people. But that's like how miracles are, are brought to pass. When so. you shared that with me, I just smiled because Jay and I have had similar experience. We were speaking, we were just like, okay, well, there you go. Like, it, I, <laughs> I, so many times um, that when you're out there, so when you're out there, if you're considering, if you're running a meeting, you're a facilitator, and you're afraid, know that you're not alone in your yeah. fear. <laughs> Number one. I'm still afraid. Yeah. Um, are you afraid now when you go, we go out? Oh, I just don't want to sound stupid. Yeah, I still have an ego. You know, I, what I'm afraid of, like, that I we, just want to sell it good. That we are going to say. I'm making sure I look good. Like, if I don't feel like, if I feel like I didn't wear the right slacks. You always look good. <laughs> I like, that's what I get nervous about. Yeah. What I get nervous about is because, okay, brands, well, I don't get nervous because you write. You, you're the best, you're the best outliner I've ever seen. Like, anyways, you'd be my speechwriter. But anyways. I, I just, so, I, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he goes. the front man in the, the back. Front man, yeah. Because, like, he'd be like, oh, I remember the first time we went to you, you are like, I'm, I'm kind of like, are we good? Do we have everything planned? I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm like, I guess. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, like, I'm like, you had like notes? notes of things. I'm like, you're like, where are your notes? I'm sitting there like on Facebook on my phone. I'm like, what? And I'm like, what do you mean? I got my slack. I'm like, I had my nice suit on. I'm like, I feel great. What are you talking about? Like, what do you mean notes? And you're like, well, here, I printed you up some. <laughs> he had notes for me. And I'm like, cool, I'll use these. And I went off of them and it was killer. Like, I was like, yeah, I don't know. So I, I don't know I, how there, we talked about some, that. What there's some key there. points to make. So I do feel inadequate, though. Like, I've had times because we've done two rounds now. Like, we did it in the beginning when we started the meeting. Then we went and did a, re, a recap, like, to all the wards again. And this last time, you know, some some sometimes you're going through stuff in your life. And just because you're in recovery, um, I've noticed this after two years of, of being a facilitator. There's a lot of people that look up to you and think you're, you're, you're something maybe that you're not. Yeah. Just like I used to look up to a bishop right. or, or like people do to the apostles and prophets. They're human, right? We're human. And so there's been times where I was like going through some serious yeah. uh, wrestling with my with things in my life. And then yet I'd be called to, like, then we'd have a Sunday coming up. I'm going, crap. Like, I got to go and pitch this. To, to, uh, then I'd, I'd realize I'd, I'd have to say this over and over again. That's what I rely on is that it's not it's not about me, right? That's my ego, right? First off, and then number two is if I, I want to say what the Lord has to say, and that's why I get nervous with with writing things and, and this because then I fixate too much on what I want to say. Yeah. And, and and the only way I found it to work on my mission when I would teach is is if I would pray to know exactly what the Lord had to say to that person because they're His children, not mine. And so. So if you have those nervous, you're getting called, you're thinking about taking a call, and you're like, man, I don't know if I could do this. We've all been there, everyone at this table. But remember, it's got, that's your ego. That's got nothing to do with you. Absolutely. It has nothing to do with us. And we still go up and down with that. That's okay. Just, just move on. Just keep going. And the, the words, so what I prepare is basically to know, let people know when the meeting is, Yeah. What, what, who's invited, yep. what type of addictions are there. These are things that Brad goes over with. Um, so, so there's this PowerPoint that's created that I'm sure you had a part in it, Matt had a part in it, and I, I think You like, actually do a PowerPoint? I don't know a PowerPoint, I just have. Okay, no, well, it, it, well, it's the stuff it's that you It's the same gave. stuff yeah, yeah, that yeah, you yeah. have, it yeah, but yeah. it was sent to us, and we've, we've kind of made some adjustments to it, but the bottom line is we'll make that we'll make that available to you guys. Yeah, it's well, not you ours. Probably post that a link up on our. No, website. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And and so if there's a facilitator yeah, or a group leader, idea. yeah, go to the link. Um, so we'll post that up. Um, so there's like key bullet points that you can follow. Because like Brad's saying right now is like when the meeting is it? Because a lot of members are listening. Their biggest questions at the end are, can I come? I have a kid. I'm not an addict, but my right. kid's an addict. And we've been doing it for o- for over two years, and we still have that question. So that's the number one question: is can be- I come still? Be- because at certain phases of their life. They're like addiction, pff, whatever. They then they just tune us out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden something happens in their mm-hmm. life and they're like, wait, what? Wait, what? And we we could be saying the same Greg, words. Greg, Greg has a good. Tell them your like scale thing that you've been saying to me that's been really powerful. Oh, oh yeah. So our our stake sort of has presented this program as the twelve steps to change. That's sort of how they've marketed it to the stake. And instead of calling it the addiction recovery program, which I actually like because I think that name is a lot more palatable to people. Addiction seemed like, I'm I not addicted. That, yeah. I like how Jay was like, I'm not addicted. I just am taking too much or whatever you and would so say. So when Quality. we start our Quality. presentation, we sort of Quality. just say, hey, you know, you're going to hear this thing called 12 Steps to Change. You're going to hear it called ARP. You're going to hear it called Addiction whatever, Recovery yeah. Program. But think of it as a range mm-hmm. of, of it, including everything and everybody. You know, it, it can take care of something you want to change about yourself. It yeah. can take care of a hardcore addiction. It's a range of and things. Everything and everything in between. Everything in between. Kind of, kind of like a gluten allergy. It can take care of the addicted. Right? Like you, can be, you can have celiac disease, 
Or it could just slightly affect you, like, yeah. And, yeah. and anywhere in between. Hey, Brad, I remember Brad saying that, too. That's a good point, Greg, because Brad would say that, because Brad was all about that in the beginning, obviously not being an addict himself. He's like, but I, he was so big on, like, I see this can help everyone. Like, if, if you don't read your scriptures, you have a heart, and you, but you want to get better at that. You can use this. Yeah. And I remember him, like, after your first few meetings, like, this, every member, every member should be doing this. Like, everyone, you know. That's true. And so what you're talking about, it's a ring. Yeah. And that's what, that's what to me, proves that it, you know, it's well, the atonement, you, right? you see the people that are in the rooms, you know, it's not just, they're not all just porn addicts, sex addicts, drug addicts. Like, we have people in there who are literally trying. And we learn from each other yeah. because of that. Like, and I they're overcoming moment. anger and totally. swearing. And, like, uh, that, the guy, that guy, like, I learned so much from him every time he shares. And yeah. it's like. You know, we're all just trying to overcome things, and it might not be a heavy addiction, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't come and partake of the meeting. Well, and, 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 and it doesn't mean that for that person, it might be the equivalent of you right. overcoming a drug addiction. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's talk about a next key thing for success. For, to work for, for, for To get recovery. Yeah. And one of the, and we have a few meetings in our area. So one of them that I, would I, I kind of inherited. Um, I noticed that they did not have sponsors. Yeah, and that was something that stood out. You know, this is an this is an AA, NA, We've SA. talked to several people. Like I've yeah. gotten the phone calls from up north and back east where they were like, "We don't have sponsors." Yeah, because I don't in our church culture, we don't know about it. And and this is my opinion is this comes from LDS Family Services, which comes from people that are counselors. Right? So one on one, sitting in my office, and they work through this, and it's not. But it's clock. It's not a twelve step program and so I don't think there's a lot of experience with 12-step within LA's Family Services or the church um, and especially um, in different parts of the country or world for that matter so I kept hearing a resounding theme over and over and seeing that when someone had a sponsor and they went through the steps with their sponsor they got recovery and those that didn't have sponsors did get recovery constant relapse they were in meetings years and never never get a recovery you were gonna yeah, say I, mean, I was going to say, I, I would never have done what I did if I didn't have a sponsor, one, kind of guiding me through the steps, but like pushing me to do the steps. I never would have done a step four like I did a step four. A thorough, which, which step four has to be very, very thorough. Yeah, and I, I never would have done a thorough one. I would have done it in my, in my mind. I would have said, yeah, I remember when I did all this. I never would have written it down. Same thing with all the other steps. Unless I had someone there kind of guiding me through it and pushing me through it, I never would have done and, it. And ever. the manual refers to this trusted advisor. It doesn't say the word sponsor, but it specifically says trusted advisor. Really? Yes. Yeah, There's the no handbook. sponsor it, in the manual? It does not say the word sponsor. So Interesting. That, that's part of our culture. Um, so I think brought. that's culture. So I'm telling you it right works. now. It's the only way it works. And, and you three can testify. It's the only way it works. Just yeah. – just, just, yeah. If there's not somebody in your local ARP program that can sponsor you, go to an AA, an yeah. NA, whatever yeah. your addiction is, and go get a sponsor. And, and, and Xander, uh, Jay, you tell actually probably Xander better. If I'm some Mormon guy in an, AA, in an ARP meeting, right, yeah. and there's four people in there, you know, two of them are missionary couple that from Ida, from wherever, yeah, you know, they're doing that, and I got one person that's no one's got sobriety. Yeah. If I if I'm like, I want to get sober. They walk. They go to an A meeting. It's probably happening some hour. You pull up AA.org and find the nearest meeting. And Every, go in yeah. there and go. Hey, I'm trying to get sober. I need a sponsor. And you go tell them. Look, I go to my church ARP meeting and I want to come here. They're gonna sponsor you. Oh, are you like, kidding? They're not gonna be like, oh, you're Mormon. Oh no, yeah, I can't do it. If they do, then go find someone else. No, like, no one. First off, that, I don't think they that's would. That's gonna be like a very, very 
rare occasion. Maybe first in, off, maybe in Utah where yeah. you've got some anti-Mormon. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. But but go and and not only that, but that means that your area, your state, they need you to be able to right. sponsor. And the only way you're gonna, the only way that your meeting's gonna grow is <laughs> you going and working the steps and go. Man, you're gonna learn so much in AA and bring the stuff that you learned to ARP. Like, I, I remember people coming to me like, "Man, that was so profound." That was, and it's like, dude, I, I just heard that today at the and meeting. <laughs> I went to it noon. You know what I mean? Like, I mean here's up. the best part. Oh, yeah. Xander's yeah. the one like shared all the stuff with me for years, and then my two sponsors are hardcore. My sponsor and then James, what we were talking about, and Xander are all AA guys, right? Or NA. And uh, so I'm hearing this stuff, and then. Mike got busy, and James, of course, says his things, but then Xander goes off to college, and so I'm left, and then we start this meeting, so then there's this whole lineage kind of under me, and they're thinking that I made these people. Oh, yeah, I come, back, bro, me. I come back it's like from, from says. I come, back, <laughs> I come back from college, and I'm in a meeting, like, and so some hey, newcomers, some newcomers, like like Jay always says, one day at a time. And I look at Jay like, bro, I didn't do I'm this. Like, what is this JRP man? Like, what's going on? I swear, on, it's, like, I swear, I didn't do it on purpose. But for the rookies, that's that's what AA is about. There's the tradition. You're there's, surviving on you other go, people. You go, I go to the AA bookstore and I love it. But there's like the books, AA traditions, AA sayings, AA yeah. this, like. You you you're, you're rarely gonna to be honest. You're not gonna you're get judged on it. You're rarely gonna go to an AA meeting and hear some new <laughs> profound thing. But to you, to yeah, you it's, new, it's new and profound. Like yeah. to, to me, like I always say, Xander said this, and then he's like, I remember finally one day, Xander, you, you, we were having a conversation. Like, bro, that's like in the big book. Have you ever read the big book? And I'm like, no. And then I read it, and then I'm like, oh. <laughs> I just remember like Xander's, the first Xander time. has no knowledge Xander, no, at all. James, like everyone knows, like whoa. And then that's why when people started, I now tell people, I'm like, what I do is regurgitate what yeah. other people have what told is, me. What is the big book? What is the big book? We have a lot of members have never heard of the big so book. So that's just the Alcoholics Anonymous. That's the original that's book. The, yeah, well, it's like the third that's or fourth like edition manual. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like their ARP manual. But yeah. it's Bill yeah. Wilson who started it and wrote it with the founding hundred. Yeah, I'm having a re- recollection, but uh, Xander, your your problem is not alcohol. Oh no! Uh, and and so so here's the interesting difference with AA. Like you went and said I'm an alcoholic, even yeah. though you weren't an alcoholic. Just because that's a cultural. Once again, Mormons aren't the only people that have culture. And yeah. AA, like there's and it's changing, but there's a lot of salty old timers that that like you know. I remember my first meeting. I said I'm an alcoholic and an addict. Addict, and he says. The guy pulls me aside after me. He's like, "That's like saying you're a German Shepherd dog. <laughs> like, like if you're a German Shepherd, obviously you're a dog. You know what I mean?" Yeah, and uh, and so I just would go in, and my sponsor told me like, every time you hear someone talk about alcohol, think about opiates. Every time you want, when you're sharing and you want to talk about opiates, talk about alcohol. And and to me that it in it, your mind you it was one. Of it the was same. just one. It's one of the same. One and, of the same. And thing. that's it. And, and I have no problem if I go to an AA meeting today. I do the same thing. I have no problem. It's not like a, you know, it's this. It's the freaking. That's same because thing. you let your ego go. Because I think there's some people like, well, I'm not gonna admit that I'm this. Yeah, I'm when that. I'm not actually that. I'm not like, really an alcoholic. It's I'm like, only okay. Well, this. Then, then keep keep freaking living in misery. Then that, that's what you. Want but to I've do. actually seen people. I mean, we, we've even had someone come to our meeting once, and who was a hardcore A person that I learned he came for like I'm not gonna say his name, but. I don't even remember it, but he came for three or four times, and the, his three or four shares like changed my life. Like there were some sayings that he said that I had never heard before, and I was like, "Wow, I love this guy." And then he bounced, and when I and he didn't show up again, I said, "Brad, why did that guy bounce?" He's like, "Because he he could." 
some of the hardcore culture things about AA aren't done in ARP, right? Yeah. There's some yeah. things. And so he's like, dude, this is not what, this is not what I he, want to be a part of. He needs AA. He, for him, he needs AA. But what a bummer because, in my opinion, he could have brought, he could have brought so much to the The church. three meetings, the one thing that he shared with me I had never heard before is drugs and alcohol weren't the problem. They were the solution. I had never heard that. Yeah. And, and I've been going for three and a half years, read the big book. And now, chart, now like, everyone thinks that's Jay saying. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Me, me included. But <laughs> Greg's like, wait, that's what you're you saying? You didn't write that? <laughs> Don't quote me. Don't quote me. It's uh, in Jay's little book. <laughs> it's a little special book. <laughs> it's just, it's just so so again, as a total newcomer to all this, I just love it. I love that culture of like, these are the sayings that get passed down from person to person, yeah. meeting to meeting. And they belong in ARP. And they belong and they, in ARP, belong, just yeah. like they belong the, in AA. Yeah. So if you've got, it's and, just like the church. I remember when I joined the church, Gorman Higley was prophet, and he said, if you got a testimony, come here and let's add to it, yes. right? And yeah. like, that's the same thing with this program. You got you got life experience, come here. Because we have had people that we've talked to in the wards, they come up and they're like, well, I didn't use a program, I didn't do this, but I want to help. And we say, what did you say? Come, of course come. You know, that could be a little tricky if not done the steps, but the yeah. point is, you, see, if you, this can, you can help people. And, and the culture is to when you sin, you, if it's repentant of, you don't ever talk about it again. You never talk about it again. And then, therefore, by doing so, this is the, the negative, everything has a rea reaction, right, pendulum? Mm -hmm. the, the reaction is, is what has happened over these years. Addiction has gone out to the darkness and is shamed and is shunned, just like the people with the plague back in the day. Put them on the outskirts of the city. We know they're there. We'll pass them on our horses, but we're not going to you know, try to help them with the solution. And um, I think we're, we're breaking that. And that's one of the things. So I encourage you guys uh, when you're out there, say, hey, if you've gone through 12 steps, or anything, we, we need, need you in our you. meeting. We need if you. Got somebody, because because like, we need I you. say, like, why are you holding your recovery under you're a bushel? Right I'm like, like, why yeah. are you doing that? Like, you got you got recovery from someone you else. You save someone's life. You're going to save someone's life. You need to get out. Like, the Lord needs you. Like, that's so selfish. That's yeah. so selfish for you to get sober. Because you got sober through someone, someone else. Someone else's testimony. And then now you'd be like, all right, cool. I'm good. I'm not going to mention it to anyone and, and it could be because of what I'm saying is it could be done maliciously, not maliciously, but like that's what they thought. Or it could be the byproduct of the culture where we, we don't talk about sin. We were taught that in Institute a long time we, ago, right? We, we, we have some spouses of, uh, of people yes. that they get sober, and their spouse says, I don't want you to go anymore We've because, because you're, now, you're now sober. I don't want you to go there now because you're fixed. Yeah, you're fixed. And, you're done. You're graduated. And, and, that's not how uh, this works. And I don't think you're correct to assume that you're fixed, but it, let's assume that's true, right? Okay, so you're not going to help someone else. Someone helped your husband or wife get sober or clean, and now you don't want to pass it on. It's like, what are the sons on? of Mosiah? And like you said, I'm the younger. What did these guys do? They didn't get called to then just go to church. Right. They got called to then go on missions. Right. Like, and go Out of do your this. comfort zone. Out of your comfort zone. So, so if you're a group leader or a facilitator and it's like kind of struggling, think about some of these ideas. And real quick, yeah. If you do, if if you you do go to AA for the first time. The one thing I was always taught is like look for the similarities, not the differences. Bingo. Because you can you can go in and you can pick it apart and you can pick apart how they say higher refer to God as higher power or their higher power or whatever, and it might be a little different, but in the end, like look for the similarities because there's a lot of them there instead of trying to pick apart the. You, you didn't write that one. I always thought you wrote that one too. No, Dang. that wasn't me. And then it, and if you don't have a local ARP meeting and and or say you're the guy trying to start it and you're the, you're listening to this or girl and and you're trying to figure this thing out. What you need to do is, add, and you don't have other things, I, I advise like what Xander did, I mean like he said, already said, go to local meetings, AA, NA, go learn, some, go learn some more about the program, get the big book, read the ARP book, find, there's so much literature on recovery. And I guarantee you, if you, if you go and you, you start going to meetings and you listen to some people, you're gonna, if you go approach somebody that you think like 
has good sobriety and say, hey, listen, I'm I've been called to start this meeting in my church. Oh, and I, I don't, don't want to rewrite the will. I don't or, I don't you know yeah. the, the 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 church. I'll, I'll I'll give you a manual. This is what it is. They've taken the twelve steps of AA. They've given it credit, and now they've just added you know Jesus Christ and 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 what we the, believe the, is true. What yeah. we believe is true. I need, but I need I need your help. I nine times so, out of ten, that guy's gonna look at that opportunity. Like the the same way we look at at missionary work, they look at the twelve step as like their what church, an opportunity mission, yeah. that I can go and and do a twelve step and help start this help start this program in the church. Yeah, some some an, a church so, that's anti like if I won't name the name of the church, but there's some churches down here that are antagonistic yeah, towards us. Sure. If they came to you and said, "Hey, we are struggling with our 12-step meeting," I'd be there. Xander, in a second. will you come in help us? No will you come attend a meeting and kind of share your story and kind of help some people? No doubt. Well, so, I think that's one thing that's consistent amongst addicts in recovery is like I agree. they're more interested in recovery because we've learned of to the, sh- shed the yeah. ego, shed the ego. Right? Yeah, that's right. I think that's a big part of it, right? Because before we think about before this, even if we just talked about the, the a lot of the a lot of the. Uh, the steps you take them individually don't talk about the ego, but really the whole entire process of what I've, at least I've learned is shedding ego and then keeping the ego off mm-hmm. and how to stay yeah, off hard. and how to keep it going off. And like some guy asked me today, he's the second time in a meeting, only your yeah. two meetings. He goes, he goes, so what do you do when you're done with the steps? I've heard a lot yeah. of guys say you're done with the steps. So like now what? And got to tell him like, oh dude, <laughs> that's just begun. Like just, you did the steps for your original thing that brought you here. Yeah. Now, now if you, if you really did those steps, honestly, you figured out like you got a lifetime of character things yeah. and weaknesses and strengths and things you got to work on. And there's always going to be new things. And the 10th and 11th step and, or 10th, 11th and 12th step, keep that ego from coming back on and keep, well, I, I remember. I remember wanting that to be the case, like wanting to be done. I wanted to graduate. Yeah, you had said that. You and know, I, I remember did. Saying like, that get a certificate. Like, little certificate. Well, I remember <laughs> telling you this. Like I, when I got done with my twelfth step, it was just like this huge plateau. Like, now what? And I remember you telling me and actually challenging me to like, you know, step out of your side, step outside yourself, and sponsor someone. Do this yeah, podcast. Next thing you, with you do you is go ask. Yeah, and I, I, I and did. That night, and then someone I was did, like, actually. I actually said it in the meeting. I'm like, I'm I'm you done with the 12 that steps. Night. I will be someone's sponsor. And then that night, didn't we? It was yeah. that night? Or, no, it was, was that very yeah. night? Someone, your so, first sponsor. So how has, because another thing is there's a lot of people that we've talked to that they're, they got recovery, but they're not sponsoring anybody. Maybe because there's not a culture of having sponsors. How has that changed your life? Because I remember that phase of your oh, life. Oh, yeah. No, you were kind of well, like, I don't know. Ready. Ago, it's really taken almost. my recovery to another level. So is, so is this calling. And, and Don't freak them out that they will be leading a meeting. But how about just sponsoring? Yeah, yeah, just, just sponsoring someone in general has been so good for my recovery because it's helped cement things that I learned and maybe forgot when I was going through my own recovery. Yeah. As you counsel with someone and work with someone, you see things in yourself when, you, when you're talking to them. It just really cements your recovery. Mm-hmm. For, at least for me, it does. For sure. I mean, I, to be honest, like uh, I don't think I'd be sober. I, I know I wouldn't be sober today. Like if I didn't. If you were. I, I started sponsoring people before I was finished. And I don't recommend that. That's not what you're supposed to do. But like I had had like a, over a year of recovery and whatever, and uh, I realized real quickly like the difference between the way I sponsor someone now versus when I hadn't had a full testimony of the of the steps. Like you can't really do it. Like I I was. I was posing before. I may have had experience and had testimony of the meeting, but my my counsel would be a whole lot of therapy talk before that. You know, my opinions and stuff. Now someone calls me with a problem, like, oh yeah, and I listen, I listen, I'm like, cool. So did you do the step I asked you to do? Okay, call me back when you're done. I literally get off the phone. Instead of giving you advice. Because have you gone to a meeting today? Have you gone to a meeting today or have you done the steps? That's it. 
I literally don't do anything else anymore, and 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 it works more. <laughs> like yeah. I used to give Jay's opinion, which were regurgitating other people's stuff. <laughs> you go buy him lunch, go buy him lunch, buy him a suit and tie, <laughs> and take him to church. And I, I and then I'd be devastated, and I'd call Xander. Oh, the guy relapsed. He doesn't want anything to do with us anymore. And like I'd take it personal. Once again, it's ego. It's yeah. ego. We're not called to save people. You're we're not called to share. Savior. Experience. You're you not the savior. That. Carry the message, not the mess. Yeah. Oh, there it is. That's a good one, Dan. I Did didn't you write come that up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, little pro tip there: get the big book and get the sayings of AA, and yeah. there's some juicy there's ones. There's so in there. much stuff out there, man. Um, Joe and Charlie tapes. So we're covering. That, that's Jay chewing gum. Sorry. Podcast uh, advice. Everyone you want to get down. Chew, chew gum chew while gum. you're podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> Do it live. Yucking. It's never gonna get old. Too okay. Uh, what else? Um, Cover quite a bit. People really gonna listen to all this? They do listen to this. And then when we miss a week, they like they're complaining. They're like, "This is." I stopped listening five minutes ago. I haven't listened. You want to hear a fun fact? I've never listened to one of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. He he gave me the first one. He was all excited, and I started Uh, listening. I'm like, I I have such an ego that I'll critique myself (laughs) to the point where I'll never want to do it again. Like, oh, that's my obsessed. Because you take enough pictures of yourself. We've talked about that. I know, but you don't listen don't to yourself. But I, but, but I didn't realize now, until <laughs> now, because you take a picture of yourself and then you critique yourself and post it. That's what I'm like, doing. But if you listen to yourself, when, when, put it this you'd way. probably get voice lessons There's so something. much behind. You know when you give me a comment like, oh, you're well-dressed? There's so much that goes into that. Like, There's so many different angle shots that I've tried to work. I never say you're well-dressed in those pictures. Oh, I'm usually dang, making fun of you. Dang it. Dang it. Uh-huh. If I say it, I'm totally saying in jest. I'm, I'm just joking. being honest right now. I like your hat. Though. I think Jay. I think Jay's well dressed. Oh no, no, he's always very well dressed. I will grant that. That's because of millions and millions of selfies. <laughs> I was on the airplane the other day, and I hadn't seen the kids in a while, so I'm like going to look through, and I'm like, this is embarrassing. The person's next to me. I'm not They're kidding. I him. thought this, and I like turned my brightness down. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap! Like I'm upset. I have a problem. Yeah, there, there's, 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 there's been that. months for sure where I'm embarrassed for you. Oh, well, these aren't even posts. I'm talking about private pictures. <laughs> no, no, of myself I know, I know. Where I have, you get, hey, Bison Flesh is a public. Uh, are you public on Instagram? Yeah, Bison Flesh. So I, I'm personally get embarrassed sometimes of some of your posts too. <laughs> embarrassed and then inspired all at once. <laughs> <laughs> As I go eat my ten tacos. <laughs> I get hungry when I see Xander's post. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No. But those pictures that I post of those tacos, I make sure I get a good angle. They look amazing. You get the asada. They do. See, that's what I do, but it's just for my beard, my face, my hair, my abs. Yeah. When they're there. Your push-up routine at the hotel. No, that was a uh, downward dog and uh, vinyasa. I stopped watching. As soon as I'm like, oh, he's doing another push-up video. Whoop. It wasn't a push-up video. It was yoga. <laughs> yoga pose. Awesome. Even worse. Man, this is great. <laughs> I felt amazing. I inspired someone. I hope so. <laughs> but we're inspiring people, people hopefully, this. on this cast. Okay, any last uh, Xander, Greg, if you guys are fresh starting, any... And you're kicking butt. You're, you're already off to a decent start. Yeah. One, Why do you think the, about that? Do you have it on the top of your head? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, one, one of the things that we did that you, know, you, you guys suggested was we went to the ward councils first, and we talked to the ward councils and told them what we wanted to do and sort of said, hey, we'd love to come to your ward got their buy-in on the whole thing. Do you did you get this cuz I get this. It's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We oh yeah, and we know about it." We, you know. And then then and then they're like, "Okay, what?" And they start asking like pretty basic questions. Like, "We have a culture of like we'll fake it till we make it." Like, yeah. "We got this figured out." "Oh yeah, I, I heard about. It. Oh, I saw those videos on on Mormon channel. Yeah, that's great. It's a great awesome program." 
I actually was really impressed with every one of the ward councils we did. That, Once you get in there, that, they're awesome. Yeah, because mean, the questions are so sincere. Well, and, and then everyone's life has been affected yeah, by addiction yeah. somehow. Oh, yeah. Like it, it instantly, you know, everyone's kind of in the did same Did you ask boat. that question? Because I asked that. What's that? Like, has anyone's life been affected? you to have a family no, member or whatever? No, I didn't, but it, it comes up. Like, yeah, yeah, it yeah, just naturally comes out. Brad's going to tell me that when we start off. Like, when I speak at the high school, that's the first thing I say. Kind of, so it's like, hey... Yeah. You know, don't tune out. Yeah. This affects us all. When they see everyone's hand up, they're like, okay, this the reality is The reality is to find somebody that it hasn't affected is probably more the anomaly. For than sure. Absolutely. Even like super good Mormon family, right? Especially. I, lo I love the... I love Xander the comes from a solid... Like, I mean, I, like, I, I mean, Lexi, I mean, she's not considered herself an addict, but she's the only one in her family to ever do drugs, have all these other things, like came from a perfect... You know what I mean? It, do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you got you got uh, some of us are just born rebels. Kane, you got Lehman like, and Lemuel. It's like oh you man, that guy Alma the Younger. Yeah. Can you, got, you believe I mean, that you guy cancer through. got cancer even though he was Mormon? It's like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was a bishop, bro. Can yeah, you believe can you it? Like, what? Man, he lost his, his whole thing. Everything fell apart. It's like dude, life just shows up. No so here what. here's the thing too is it takes time. So you'll go and and you we will talk. And it'll be, I mean, with two years, and then all of a sudden, Man. and then all of a sudden, we're speaking three meetings a Sunday for no, felt like forever. No, but but someone will show up to a meeting that oh, yeah. you've seen that, that have been in our ward many many times. Yeah, and for two, two years finally later, ready. And finally ready. Yeah. They're like, hey, I remember when you came. One guy said specifically the second round. I remember when you came around the first time, and I listened, and I didn't, I didn't want to talk about it. He had, he had a porn addiction that was hiding, yeah. and then the second time we come back around, and he's like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah, you so, know, and he just showed up and he's been back. Yeah. So, you know, sharing the message, that's all we can do. Yeah. Let them know what's available. This program works. We yeah, my, my last tip of advice is th there's a good chance that, that you're who the Lord has in your yes. area. Amen. And, and, and you can't phone it in because, because there isn't anybody to phone it into. And I think, like, when, um, when, when I came to Irvine and got Greg on, you know, when Greg was Greg came in full force, willing to, to to let's go do this, let's spearhead it together. And to Greg's kind of hesitation, I think he realized like, man, like this is. I mean, I'm speaking for you, but well, it it, it. it seemed like you realized like, man, you know, it. I I I, I got to go do this thing. There isn't yeah. somebody no, else. I mean, I, I always felt like that was what I was being led to, but I you just didn't, want, didn't want to do it. Yeah. yeah, but but you're you're grateful that you have. Oh yeah, I mean it. it I selfishly am grateful for it because, again, I, I think this is helping me more than I'm helping. Yeah. That's how I felt. That's the program. That's, but, but, that's, but, that's, but, that's but, the power of this. But you're going to get a lot out of it. But, dude, you will save people's lives. Yeah. You will, people, people are going to come and they'll be like, you don't understand. Like, like you say. They already like, have, though. I mean, like, I know. And, and, and you're thinking. in a couple weeks. And you're going, with, bro, like, you don't realize. Like, I'm still. This yeah. is shedding my life. This is sharing my life. Yeah, you're I'm not going to save them. You're just going to be a tool in yeah. the Lord's hand to do that. But that's how we look at it, right? We look at it that way. So, anyways, it's huge. So, hey, get out there and make a change. If you feel inspired. Make a change. Yeah, we're late. What? We're late. Oh, the right yeah, you probably it shouldn't is. listen to this one. Dang it! <laughs> the, I was trying to bring some MJ into this. At this point, you're probably like, "Yeah, why did we tell these guys to keep doing it?" <laughs> there was a scripture. Someone you asked for it. There, there was a uh, like, uh, I, I'm ill prepared about? today, but like a, a, there was a scripture Caffeine like a Mormon. Wait, what? I need one. <laughs> it was like, what's our greatest thing to do, and it's to make a difference. Like, is it not to, what's our calling in life? Like, to that job, that car, that position, that house? True. Or is it to change someone's life? The why. 
Ooh. That's so boom. Um, I feel good about doing that, even though I'm really tired. Yeah. Um, and and, uh, and and I get out of my comfort zone a lot. Yeah, we do. Um, but a lot of sweating. And a lot of sweating, but lot of uh, we lot of, lot of when, when when we see the results of the Lord, the Lord. <laughs> Yeah. Brad's trying to like, we finish this in. Should, I'm trying to close this off here. So, up. gentlemen, wait, wait, for the thank you. We're gonna take a little, uh, gonna add another selfie here. In here, but I'm definitely oh, just gonna have we're gonna selfie. Okay, until oh, next wait, time. We took wait, a wait, selfie wait. of all four of us, and only wait. Jay ended up in the picture. <laughs> Guys, get in my selfie. Get in my selfie. All right, till next time, Brad and Jay. Signing out.